listen to this. God wants to send you somewhere he wants you to go to do something he wants you to do to minister to someone he wants you to help. So we are beginning a new series called The Gifts of Jesus. And uh, this is not to be confused with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And yet there are many categories of gifts, and there are many that take these five and join them with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now I wanna say, most of you know this, but we believe fully in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, and the work of the Holy Spirit. So this is not to minimize the gifts of the Spirit at all, but these five are gifts of Jesus. And many, many people don't know that Jesus himself gave these gifts to humanity or to mankind. Jesus himself gave these gifts, and they're in Ephesians 4. So we're gonna go through them, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But what we're gonna talk about is how does an apostle help me? How does a prophet help me? How does an evangelist help me? In other words, how, why did Jesus give you these gifts? Let me just show you Ephesians 4 verse 8. It says, therefore he says, when he ascended, and this he is capitalized referring to Jesus. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He's the subject. He ascended he led captivity captive, referring to the Old Testament saints, and he gave gifts to men. So these are the gifts of Jesus. These are the only five gifts we're told he gave to men. And this word for men here is humanity. And then look at verse 11. And he himself gave. He himself gave. Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And then verse 12 tells us why. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So the reason he gave us these gifts are for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, I'm one of these gifts. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but I just want you to know, I am a gift from Jesus to you. <laughs> and, and you can't return me, okay? Now, uh, but here's the thing. As a saint, as a believer in Christ, I do the work of the ministry. But as a pastor, I equip you to do the work of the ministry. In other words, when you say, I have a friend who's going through some marriage problems, pastor, will you talk to him? Well, yes, I do have some experience in that area. There are a lot of people who have more experience and are much better at marriage counseling than I am, but that's something you can do. You can be equipped to help people in their, in their marriage. And sometimes they do need professional help. 
uh, you can pastor, I have a friend who, who needs to accept Christ, will you lead him to Christ? What I'd rather do is equip you to lead people to Christ. You see what I'm saying? So as a saint, I can lead people to Christ. But as a pastor, I equip you to lead people to Christ. Are, are y'all following me? So that's, that's what we do. So let's talk about apostles. And so the title of the message today, Apostles, okay? So we're gonna talk about apostles. First of all, you need to know there are more than 12. That's a common misunderstanding in the church, the 12 apostles. Um, uh, let me just kind of blow it away early because some will say, well, the apostles were sent by Jesus. The only problem with that is that one of them betrayed him. So now there are only 11. And they say, well, Paul took his place because he was sent by Jesus. And we're gonna talk about Paul. Paul was an apostle. But let me just show you where the apostles first came from, all right? In Luke 9, verse one, then he called, I just want you to notice the word called because we're gonna talk about call, the difference between being called and being sent here in a moment. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now this word sent is the verb for apostle. It's um, apostello. The, the noun is apostos, apostolos, apostolos, which is an apostle, a person. But the verb, and the verb means send. So he uh, sent them, and again, this is the verb for the noun apostle, okay? Everyone got that? So he sends them. And then in verse 10, it says, and the apostles, let me say another one, another way, the sent ones. Uh, I, I just need to stop for a minute. So apostle means, this is what it means in the Greek, a person sent with the message, all right? So, and the apostles, verse 10, the sent ones, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Okay, so there are 12 of them, right? All right. The only problem is then Luke 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. And apostello, them, sent them, same word two by two before his face in every city and place where he went. Okay, so there weren't just 12. The very next chapter, he appoints 70 other sent ones and sends them, apostles. Here's my question. Are you a sent one? <laughs> Are there some people that God would like to send you to minister to? Now, you're not apostles in that you don't equip others to be sent. That's, that's what God's called me to do. But you are sent ones. Every one of you are sent. You might be sent to educators because that might be your field. You might be sent to medical workers. You might be sent to construction workers. You might be sent to engineers. I don't know where you're sent. You might be sent, you are sent, I can tell you this, to your neighborhood. It's a, an apostle is a person sent by Jesus with a message. And if you don't think you've been sent by Jesus, just uh, read the Great Commission. He's sending us all. 
but apostles help us to be sent. Now, is there a process between being called and being sent? I, um, uh, I have a lot of people that don't understand that there's a process. There was even a process with God's own son, Jesus. He was a carpenter until he was 30. Is it possible he made crutches when he was a carpenter for people he could have killed, uh, healed? Is it possible he was a, uh, I was thinking about people who had died on the next one. Is it possible he made caskets for people he could have healed? See, for 30 years, he didn't do a miracle. What was God doing? The Bible says he was learning obedience during that time as a human. Obviously, he was fully divine and fully human, but he was learning things. So there was a process even for, for Jesus. So there's a process between the call and the sin. And, and I, so many people will say to me, Pastor Robert, you just don't understand. I have a call on my life. What I wanna say is, you don't understand. Everybody has a call on their lives. It, it, it doesn't matter to me, to me what your call is. I'd like to know, have you been sent? Have you gone through the process to have the authority to function in your call? Because the, the process develops you to, to fulfill the responsibility of the call and the process, the, 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 the call is the, the what and the where uh, and the to whom, but the, the sin is the authority and the anointing to minister in that area. And God develops a process in your life. So I'll give you a couple examples. Abraham was called at 75 to be the father of many nations, but he wasn't sent until he was 100. Isaac wasn't born until he was 100. By the way, the temptation between the call and the sin is to produce the call in the flesh. Now, that was better than you thought. <laughs> you don't have to applaud. That's just better than you thought. God called him to be a father when he was 75. He wasn't sent till he was 100, but when he was 86, he and Sarah figure out how to produce the call in the flesh. Moses was called to be a deliverer to Israel at birth, actually. But he wasn't sent until he was 80 years old. And at 40, he decided to produce the call in the flesh. And matter of fact, he was so arrogant, he decided that he could deliver Israel one Egyptian at a time. And then God says, you're not ready. So he sends him to a desert to, to herd sheep for 40 years. And then when God shows up and says to him, now you go deliver Israel from Egypt. Remember what Moses said? Uh, I, I can't talk. Well, you wouldn't be able to talk either if you've been talking to sheep for 40 years. <laughs> and here's what God said when Moses said, uh, I, I can't do this. God said, now you're ready. Because at 40, you thought you could do it on your own. But you, now you'll know that 
I'm the one doing it through you. All right, so what I want to do is look at one of, I want to look at what, the, what we believe as the, theologians, the preeminent apostle of the New Testament, who was not one of the 12, and that's Paul. And we know he's an apostle. A third of the time the word apostle is used in the, in the New Testament, it's referring to Paul. There's no doubt he was an apostle. Just one verse, Romans 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. I'm going to show you when he was called and when he was sent. Um, in Acts 9 is when he got saved, that's when he was called. And this is what God told Ananias, who laid hands on him and prayed for him to receive his sight. This is what God told him to, to say. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. There's the what and the where and the when. I mean, and the, and the whom. He was going to do it. This is, this is what I've called him to do, where I've called him to do it, and to whom he's going to do it. But the when wasn't yet. All right, so there are three things. Y'all knew I'd have three. There are three things that you need to develop in your life to be able to fulfill the call that's on your life. In other words, to get to where the Holy Spirit can send you, all right? Here's number one, relationship. Relationship. Acts 9, and we're looking at the life of Paul. Acts 9, right after Paul gets saved, verse 26. And he was called Saul until he was called Paul. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the sent ones or to the people who equip others to be sent, to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and then he'd spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. How long was he with them coming in and going out? How long did he, was he building relationship? Well, um, let me say another way. How long did it take the preeminent apostle of the New Testament <laughs> to go from his calling to his sending? He was called in 34 AD, one year after Christ was crucified. Some say four years that he was crucified in 29 AD, which I actually believe that. And because he was born in 4 BC. Uh, and we've talked about that. But the point is, a few years after Christ resurrected, he was called in 34 AD. He was sent in 48 AD. 14 years. It took the preeminent apostle 14 years. Hey, it took Jesus 30 years. It's, this is going to be a, this is a process God's saying through. That doesn't mean you don't minister to people during the process because you're saints and we all minister to people and we're all witness. And Paul even did some preaching during this time. But in Acts 9, he's called. In Acts 13, he's sent. And there's 14 years between. Now, relationship is so important to your calling and to you being able to fulfill your call. It's very important. The Bible says the first thing I want you to do is develop a relationship with them. As you develop a relationship with them, you learn to trust them or not to trust them. 
Everyone understand that? <laughs> Some of them you learn not to promote, not to trust. But if you learn to trust them, then you give them some responsibility. And if they fulfill that responsibility, then you give them a position. And with that position, God gives them authority because authority comes from God. Are, are, are y'all with me? This is the way. Relationship is so important. Listen to this scripture. I love this scripture. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. In other words, of someone he's in relationship with. Now, this word countenance does mean face, but it goes deeper than that. It means um, what well, it means your personhood or your character, your personality. It means what's going on inside of you that causes your face to look like it looks. <laughs> your countenance. In other words, if your personhood, your soul is sad, your face is sad. If you're excited, your face is excited. And your personhood are, are made, your personhood is made up of the experiences that you have had in life so far. So let me say another way. Um, if you were bullied as a child and you haven't been healed of that yet, and Jesus is the only one that can heal you, but if you haven't been healed of that yet, and he uses the word and he uses counselors, there are people who have the gift, a gift to help you get through these things. But if you haven't been healed of it, when you're given authority, you'll be a bully. But the people who can help you with it are people you're in relationship with. So you will never fulfill the call of God on your life and be sent, be a sent one until you first develop a relationship with some people that can help you. Here's the second one thing you need to develop, stewardship. Now, I'm not talking about money, okay? But I, we will talk about money in a little bit because that's part of it. But I'm gonna talk about other areas of stewardship. Acts 11, verse 27. And in these days, prophets came. Now, remember, Paul got saved in Acts 9. This is Acts 11. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, that's the way we give, by the way, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. Verse 30 says, this they also did and sent it, same verb in the Greek, for it to be an apostle, to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now, Here's what I want you to notice. This was their first task given to them by the elders of the church or the leadership of the church. But it wasn't to go preach a citywide crusade. It was to carry a bank bag from one city to another city. See, if you can't be faithful in little things, you can't be faithful in much. And Barnabas and Saul were considered teachers at the time, not apostles yet, teachers. And they also said, and stay and teach the people something. And they stayed for a year. So this is part of it. So um, I want to tell you three things about to, that assets that God gives us all to steward. Money, time, and energy. And I just want to give you a little wisdom about them, all right? So First of all is money. 
He gives us all money to steward, all right? As you get older, you get more money. I hope. In other words, hopefully, you're making more in your 50s than you were in your 20s, hopefully. If you're not, contact us, we'll help you, okay? But hopefully you are. So God gives us, so you're, you're to steward money and you've got to get really good at it because you're going to have more one day, all right? The second thing we're to steward, the second asset is time. What you need to know about time is it's the same for everyone. You never get more time. Now, as you make more money, it seems like you have less time, actually. People say, I wanna make more money so I have more time with my family, and it works the opposite because you also have more responsibility. So you actually have to steward your time better the more you make. Y'all are getting real quiet. (laughs) Some of you don't believe me. Just let it happen to you. Because the more you make, the more you work many times. And you think the less I'll have to work, but it's not right. It's the more responsibility you have, unless you steward your time well. So I just want you to understand that time, every one of you, I don't care how rich or how poor you are, you only have 24 hours a day. Nobody has more time or less time. Everybody has the same. The third thing is energy. It's the third asset God gives you to steward. You have to steward your energy. Now, I hate to tell you this, but as you get older, you will have less. Less. So you won't be able to do as much in your 60s that you did in your 30s or 40s. You won't have have as much energy as you did. So you have to adjust this. I've been uh, pretty good most of my life stewarding money, resources. Um, I've had, I've made a lot of mistakes in stewarding time and energy because I, I didn't realize that the, the, as my responsibilities got bigger, that my time seemed to get less. It didn't get less, it was the same, but I didn't realize my responsibilities got more which meant I had to. And I didn't realize as I've gotten older that my energy got less. So that's just a little about stewardship. But is there any area of your life that you're not stewarding well? Because if there is, it can affect your calling and your sending. So here's the third area you need to steward, all right? Leadership. Leadership. Look at Acts 13, verse two. Acts 13, this is when Paul's finally sent. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the whole, that's the leadership of the church, the Holy Spirit said, now. Remember the call, the sin is the, the win. Now, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. He called Saul 13 years, 14 years before. And then verse three, then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them, apostelos, apostello, pardon me, away, the verb. So being sent by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. I want you to notice something. The leadership sent them, laid hands and sent them, and the Bible says, so, 
being sent by the Holy Spirit. Now, please hear me. The preeminent apostle of the New Testament was committed to the local church. And he was committed to leadership, servant leadership. And because he was sent by the leadership of the church, the Bible tells us he was sent by the Holy Spirit. Is that incredible? Because he was sent by the leadership, he was sent by the Holy Spirit. So God wants to send you. And listen to this. God wants to send you somewhere he wants you to go to do something he wants you to do to minister to someone he wants you to help. He wants to send you to somewhere he wants you to go and something he wants you to do and there's someone he wants you to help. But will you develop some character qualities in your life so that when you step into the call of God, you have the character to support the sending or the anointing of God. So Jesus himself, Jesus himself, Ephesians 4, gave gifts to men, or mankind is what that word means, when he ascended. And the first gift that he gave, he gave apostles. And apostles are sent ones. But what do they equip us to do? They equip us to carry a message, to be sent by God with a message. And I just want you to take a little time this week and think about, God, who do you want me to take a message to? Who do you want me to help? How can I help someone? You can be a sent one by Jesus to help someone else. Hey, I, I am having so much fun with this series called The Gifts of Jesus, five of them. We're gonna continue this series next time. Join us then. Jesus has given each of us gifts we can use to impact the world around us and to help build his church, the body of Christ. In Pastor Robert's enlightening series, The Gifts of Jesus, you'll learn about these five ministry gifts why the church needs each of our unique gifts to thrive, and how our gifts fit perfectly together to achieve the awesome purpose Jesus has for us. For your gift of any amount today, you'll receive this entire series on CD or as an audio digital download, along with a Palm Sunday to Easter reference guide. This beautiful fold-out guide is filled with charts, diagrams, and simple summaries about the events of Jesus' life throughout Passion Week. And for your gift of $80 or more, you can also request our brand new Passion Week devotional. In it, you'll discover more amazing truths about Passion Week that will give you great insight into the week leading up to Jesus' death on the cross and reveal how every day was marked by His passion to rescue us. Also, for your gift of $140 or more, you'll receive the Holy Land devotional journal featuring pictures and scriptural reflections from key historical sites in Israel. We'll also send the Holy Land Illustrated Bible, filled with over 1,100 images, maps, and illustrations for a visual journey through God's Word. Visit us at PastorRobert.com to get these special resources today. As always, thank you for your continuous prayers and generous financial support of Pastor Robert Morris Ministries. 
we've made it even easier for you to connect with us here at the all-new PastorRobert.com. You can watch or listen to current and previous episodes of our program. Shop in our online store with enhanced security and access a free weekly devotional. We hope that these features will help you find exactly what you need to continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. To learn more, visit us at PastorRobert.com.